time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stock Dirty to Me, the number one podcast for beginner investors. I am, of course, Phil Better, the podcast mogul. Above me are in all their wisdom is my boy Tony from the Stock Bros. And slowly sliding into center screen is Don't. The advisor over at Batching Corp Capital. How is everyone doing today, boys? Good, man. I actually didn't wow, even realize. Just woo! Let's go. I didn't even realize the, the uh, stock market ended so high. I just, I just, I just looked. looked I'm like, what the, what just happened? And exactly. Then, what I was that, I've been so busy, and then I um, didn't even look at my portfolio. I just figured it's going to be kind of flat again today. Mm-hmm. And then, if anything, if anything, I thought the market would go down based on the Fed's announcement because people seem to be so scared of that. Mm-hmm. But amazingly, it just took off. I don't know. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm just going to answer your question because it's a little pertaining to me. So I'm just going to answer this question for uh, Clinton. He's asking all y'all probably said it before, but who came up with the dope ass intro? It is I, the podcast mogul. Uh, <laughs> this is part of my job. Uh, I designed the whole pretty much setup for the show and produce it for the guys so that they can share off their knowledge and they allow me to be here. So that's all I do. I'm just here because I produce the show and Talk it a is lot, a great but, intro. It's a great intro. But thank you very much for the uh, compliment there. All right, guys. So uh, we have some topics we're going to be talking about. We have the uh, <clears throat> oh, we got the uh, Planet Labs. We have how to uh, weigh your portfolio and then when to dollar cost average. That's what we're going to talk about up at the beginning. Probably be I uh, think uh, questions. I think we should throw in what just happened with the news from the the Fed yeah. today. Yeah, we can we can throw in the news. I, I wasn't expecting the news. That's so a I don't pretty have... big. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, we'll save that for the end. Uh, so people stick around if you want to know our take on what's going on with the Fed and all that. We want you to stay till the end. Um, and uh, if you're watching live, make sure you're using the hashtag live. Let us know where you're coming from. I know it says it down here scrolling, but um, we always like to say it up to front. I've been forgetting to say it during the show. I'm sorry, boys. Um, on if you're watching the replay, hashtag replay, let us know what you think about the news about the Fed. Uh, but let's go forward with uh, Planet Labs. Uh, who wants to start the show, guys? I'll start it off. Planet Labs. All right. So Planet Labs is uh, yet another <clears throat> satellite imagery company. It's, it's, it's not the first. I think Digital Globe was the first one to really make it um sort of a mass uh mass market sort of sort of thing uh digital globe was bought out by maxar technologies they're also a publicly traded company i believe the ticker for those guys is maxr so maxar bought digital globe and that's how they got their whole satellite imagery um market share uh and what maxar does is they actually build satellites uh, as well. So they actually helped build a lot of the satellites that Planet Labs used. So they were, Planet Labs was a customer of Maxar back in the day. <clears throat> and uh, the thing with this stuff is, is it's it's a super cool tech technology. So what Planet Labs does is uh, they they give you a view of daily earth data to, to see the change uh, on a day-to-day and make better decisions. This is right off their website. So Planet provides daily satellite data that helps businesses, governments, researchers, and journalists understand the physical world and take action. So I use Planet Lab service for um, satellite imagery for just one small area of interest um, that is relevant to some of the trading that I do. Um, it's it's extremely, extremely expensive. Um, we'll see how it goes for the next three months, then I may cancel. Um, but again, with this stuff, the technology is super awesome. Like it, you just get daily updates of what's going on on the ground. So um, whether you're using it for uh, business pur- purposes, I'm sure there'll be a lot of creepers using this satellite footage, <laughs> you know, whatever it be, because um, you can zoom in on any area, right? Oh, so, God. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> and you get daily updates. So every day there'll be a there'll be a new satellite scan of what that area looks like. So you'll get to see the area. Wait, 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 wait. 
Can I get Area 51? You probably can, yeah. If you got the coordinates for it. Absolutely. Uh, so anybody in the chat that knows the coordinates for Area 51, send them to me now. Because I'm going <laughs> to buy it just for Area 51. <laughs> see if it's possible. So yeah, the issue with with these companies um, is always the fact that uh, this is it's 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 kind of like Palantir. I mean, in the in the sense that the technology, the software, the service is 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 amazing. It's revolutionary, but it's hard to find customers for the actual service. And so this company here, they actually reported. So I believe they made a hundred and ten or hundred twenty million dollars last year. Um, they just re re reported their first ever financial results after going public. And uh, I believe this was last week. And they made $31.7 in revenue for the third fiscal quarter. This was a 16% increase um, year over year. And they also reported 742 customers for the quarter that ended on October 31st. And that was an increase of 32% year, year over year. And they had a net loss of... 41.5 million and adjusted after earnings uh, before interest tax debt and depreciation was a loss of minus 12.3 million so again uh, the loss this loss is mainly due to um, research and development costs they had spent heavily on that in the in the in the quarter they probably could have break uh, broken even but again um, great technology I use it I might buy it if this gets um, down to a point where I feel it's ridiculously under undervalued. Right now, it's still trading at a level which is a little bit rich, and I see it falling a whole lot further. Uh, but the technology is great, and I always like seeing these kind of companies where um, they have really outstanding um, services, like putting a satellite in the hands of uh, con consumers. The, the only issue is... It's hard to find people who actually need this and are going to pay the premium for it. What What, what do you think, Tony? Uh, I just I don't know enough about the service. Um, I personally wouldn't invest in this, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I'm just you know I'm not super high on SPACs and the way they come into the market, and just based on taking a quick look at their financials. It's not super promising to me, but it's uh, terrible. But yeah, I don't really see a whole lot of upside. I, you know, like I said, I'm sure it's a good service. I just haven't used it, so I don't have like a personal take on it. Just looking at the numbers straight up, it's it's not something I would be interested in. Yeah, definitely not. It's uh, yeah, they lose but, money. Um, but again, there's it's a lot of companies games. like that. Yeah that are good companies and do great, you know, they have good products, but they're just not mainstream enough and enough, they don't have enough buyers and there's just not enough supply and demand, you know? Exactly. So exactly. This As would I be said, good for schools. 742 customers, right? Like Greenpeace could use this because they could monitor stuff and use it to show that companies like charity organizations like that could use it. You know, like it, they just need to define who their ideal customer is and bring the cost down significantly. Yeah, I'm not looking at the, I haven't found, I'm on their company website and I yeah. haven't found how much their things are. But yeah, let's it's see. Price per square kilometer and it depends which area you are, you are looking at. Okay. Yeah. Uh, looking through her government energy, forestry. Sign up to find parameters. Now, what makes them stand out from something like Google Earth? Because Google Earth doesn't update as regular, I don't think. Google Earth isn't live. The stuff you see on Google Earth is from like three oh, years so ago. This, so this is live imagery? imagery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it'll it'll update every day. So I have an update for, for today. Uh, I'll have an update tomorrow. I'll have an update the next day. And every day I'll get what that place looks like day over day. Yeah, I just think there's going to be like a specific niche uh, of, of people that would be interested in something like this. And I just don't know if Definitely. there's a large moat, you know, <laughs> there's, there's not, a, there's not a large market. Yeah, no, there's not these, these types of companies and digital globe was the same way. It's why they took the buyout from Maxer. It's, it's really tough um, 
it's really tough to find to find customers like who who wants to really pay pay for this stuff right it's not something that the average person uses um so it's really really hard to find new clients year over year and so really what it relies on is um bringing the cost down and finding more applications for this satellite imagery and so we'll we'll see how it goes it's it's definitely overvalued right now i believe what's what's the market cap do you have that there phil all right let me bring it back up over a billion dollars right wait too far hold on yeah i mean market caps for everything are just so insane yeah yeah market cap uh I have here is 288.51 million USD's market cap. That might, that might have been what it opened at, what it SPAC'd at, came out yeah. with. But yeah, as of right now, 1.75, which again is way too rich for a company that um, that is only making 33 million per per quarter So and still losing on, on that. So yeah, uh, it did have a huge rally after hours though, up 4%, but so did everything else um but yeah something to keep an eye on and um if anybody they do have a free trial um so if anybody wanted to use this service and see what it's about uh you can absolutely free i don't know what the subscription period is or the free trial is like three to five days or something like that something extremely short um but at least you get to go in and see how how it actually works and uh, see what you think of the uh, platform awesome I actually like that part of it because I Digital Globe never used to have that. You could never go on for for free and and see it. So they're 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 trying to make it more user friendly. And I, I don't know. We'll see what what you can actually do with satellite imagery over time. I don't know. Maybe it becomes a new Google Earth. I think that it probably will be. I think that is for people who want to see more updates and, like you said, the creepers um, out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like journalists could you start using this now to ch- track people, you know, or check out an event to see if it's worthwhile. You know, like yeah. what's going on in the ground if there's a you know um, a, a protest or something. You like journalists can go, okay, here's a safer view of it because we can't get anybody there. We can see what's going on. Militaries can use it. Definitely. Um, yeah, Definitely. there's a lot of like high-end application but for the everyday user at the current moment there's not a lot exactly no. that uh, exactly. you can always like when you're on vacation track your house to see if anything goes on but it like you said it's every day so like <laughs> yeah you get the snapshot okay it looks not doesn't look broken in yeah doesn't look broken in, <laughs> doesn't look broken in. <laughs> yeah i mean i just don't see enough use case cases for the average person and i like to invest in things that's mainstream that yeah everybody could use if they needed to or, or you know ha- has a use case for it like That's i don't it. have any reason for me to check a satellite image you know Yet. what i mean yeah it, it'd be very rare for me to do that it's not something i need to do every day so i have a question let's ask the audience the guy everyone who's watching would you sign up for a service like this you're, you're able to get a daily update a photo from a geographical location across the world, anywhere in the world you want. Like, let's say you like seeing Stonehenge to make sure like no aliens are showing up or something. <laughs> would you guys buy it? And how much would you pay if if you were interested in doing that, getting that foot? That's uh, what photo. I would use it for. I would do UFO searching. That's oh, you're, you're searching the ground and not the sky. So I was it's trying a to think awkward. of one thing I would want to use hey, it okay, for. UFO. I couldn't there think of anything this whole time until you just brought that up. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are looking to use it if you were interested in using how much would you pay for something like this um if you guys are listening to the podcast version of this um just send us an email i think the email is in the uh, show notes uh, at stock dirty to me at gmail.com not sure or stock dirty pod at gmail.com i'll make sure it's in the show notes um uh, we got dorothy here saying no she's not interested in it um obviously uh something that she's not in here and we also have karen not interested in it as well and uh yeah timmy saying not interested so it doesn't look yeah. like at this current moment they're gonna get anybody from this group um no because nobody from this group very few people are gonna buy this from this group i just have to be you'd have to have a real reason a real business and it's it's probably yeah. it's probably business it's probably more um business to business than than uh, b2c then we got yeah, here uh, B. Roos, uh, Leroy going, no, Google Earth yeah. is free. Yeah, it's a few years back. Like, I can see a forestry. So I was watching something on Netflix called Big Timber. Like, 
if I had a forced claim or forestry claim and I needed an overview shot and I didn't want to pay for a drone all the time, you know, I can get a daily shot of, okay, what are my boys doing? And I don't have to be on site. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I can see where all the big trees are and stuff like that and zoom in, but I don't own a forestry company or anything like that. They just so don't no. make enough money. There's yeah. no revenue to invest in something like this, you know? Maybe in the future. Until a company that actually like uh, uh, a big company finds out a use for this, like a daily use for this, and then it becomes the industry standard. It's not going to be any uh, any use yeah. for the everyday person. Um, go- it could be ooh, Google Google buying them and using that to update Google Earth. Google already owns a, a sizable portion of them. Okay, so never mind. Well, it's coming to Google go. Earth. Oh, coming to Google Earth. So, Google, so you you already own buy Google stock. Yeah, yeah. No, just buy Google, and you're guaranteed to own it because Google's just going to buy buy it out once it actually is useful. Um, all right. VOO or QQQ, you already own Google, and then indirectly you own this. There you, you know? go. So boom. Again, like seeing, uh, I noticed recently in uh, the group chats, a lot of people are shouting out uh, the advice Tony and Dole give about always investing in proper companies, companies that have long-term growth and that love seeing that. And uh, we're glad we're able to help you because that's why we're doing this when you guys are here on the live cha- uh, live show or through the podcast version, guys, letting us I, know how I think this is, is a, a valuable lesson because a lot of times we talk about one of the common things you hear a lot about a lot about as a new investor advice people give is invest in companies for products you use. Uh-huh. And I think that's a bunch of bullshit because there's a lot of products I use where the companies just aren't that great, you know? Like or they might not make any pro they might not be a profitable company. I mean, Dalt is using that that product, he probably gets a, a lot of value out of it, but he's not investing into the company directly. So I think that advice is like hit or miss. You know, I don't think that's the best advice. It's something you would you I, I what I would suggest is something that you you wouldn't be able to live without. Like I'm pretty sure Dalt would be able to live without this service. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like yeah. if I have an iPhone, losing the iPhone, I it would be detrimental to my my life. You can live without an iPhone. But I, I but honest, like you can live without iPhone. Can you live without Google search? That's the question. There you go. Yeah, I'm thinking more like toilet paper, uh, you know, uh, tooth toothbrushes, toothpaste. Maybe like Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson. You know, yeah, Kimberly Clark. Like those are products you really can't live without. You know, (laughs) so but yeah, a phone. I mean, a phone is. We're basically all addicted to our phone. So you're right. At this point, we can't live without. Thank you very much. And you can work. You can really and like even you can make a living without a computer. So having an Apple computer. Yeah. So like or a Microsoft computer or LG computer or whatever computer you want to use. That that is kind of smart advice. Like things that are kind of like near impossible, or it would be it would take a a huge company to disrupt it. Because these are giants in the industry. So go with the giants because they make money. Their job is to continue moving forward and make money for the investors. So why wouldn't you want to own a piece of these companies? Yeah. So what do we got next? What's on the agenda? um, This is going to transition perfectly, yeah. Um, How to weigh your portfolio. How to weight your portfolio. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is going to move right into that perfectly. So just to... And I'll let you leave this one off, Tony. I'm just going to make a quick point here. No, go ahead. Um, so if I did buy Planet Labs, this would be 5% of my portfolio or less. It would be one of the smallest positions. It would be equivalent to the position probably I have in Compass Pathways, um, where I'm in it for the long game. It could fall for months. It could fall for a year, fall for two years. It's not going to cause me any real pain or harm. And then one time later on, several years down down the road, I'm going to make 500% over two years. And it's all going to pay off and be worth it. So that's what this is what it comes down to, really, is when you speculate in companies that are pre, pre-revenue or pre-profit, it should be a very small weight <laughs> in your portfolio. And because of the because of the high growth, because of the potential um of the service to say um, hit a critical mass or, you know, quadruple its revenue over a couple of years, you only need a very small portion of your portfolio um, to be in such a stock. 
um, so that when it does take uh, take off, it reaps huge rewards. Like you don't you don't need it to be a very large portion because if it's a large portion, um, you end up taking your whole portfolio hostage for years, right? So yeah, that's you... too risky. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. that's kind of what you're saying. That would fall along lines of small cap companies. So small cap companies, maybe companies that their market cap, what is it, under five billion? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. five billion or less. So those companies are more more risky. They're high risk, high reward type investments. They could fail or they could boom like Amazon or, you know, companies that were once were small companies. Now they're huge, large cap companies. So uh, most of those most of the time, those companies kind of toil around for a long time. But you will get, you know, a couple dozen of them every year, potentially that will get go grow even larger and become mid cap and then some of them become large cap so um, we actually have a, a question here from uh Clinton that's actually really something i'm interested in, in knowing as well so i'm glad he brought it up um if you invest five percent but it grows to more than 10 do you trim it um well there, there's what's called portfolio rebalancing and a lot of people recommend doing that on an annual basis so if something percentages and your allocation gets out of whack, you can maybe take some profits and then reinvest that into um, a safer investment. But a lot of that depends on what it is. Uh, if you're invested in Google and Google doubles in growth, maybe you don't want to trim it, maybe you just leave it alone, you know, but if you're invested in that, that satellite company and they double, maybe you do want to take half that profit off the table and put it into Google you know, into something more established. So at that point you're winning. So you might as well just lock in your wins. Um, that would be my, my take on it. I'm not sure, Dalt, what you think, but. Uh, it would, yeah, it would depend what it, what it is. Um, yeah. so eventually like, I'm not going to hold compass pathways forever. Um, eventually they're going to make a lot of money. Um, they're going to take the market by storm, hopefully re replace Zoloft. And I'm gonna laugh all the way to the bank, and it and it's a sell. And once I once I sell, um, I'm gonna it's all gone. Uh, I don't ever I don't ever trim. Um, if I have things that are doing well, um, if something's going up for me to trim it, is making much sense. Uh, if I trim it and I don't sell all of it, if it goes up, I'm losing money. And if it goes down, I'm still losing money. That that's the way I look at it. Because if I if I didn't pull out the profit and it uh, had it still in there. Uh, when it went up, I wouldn't be losing any money. But now that I pulled the profit, if it goes up, well, I gained twenty percent, which was you know worth two thousand dollars. But if I had all the all my profit in there too, I probably would have made thirty five hundred. So now I've just cost myself money by not taking it all out. So uh, when I when I when I go to sell, I kind of just I kind of cut it all out. Um, but yeah, if if Compass Pathways were to grow to a certain point and become 10, worth ten percent of my port port portfolio, I'd I'd probably just um, as long as I had my target gain, which is uh, over 100 percent, I just kind of uh, sell it all and move it out, and then that capital would go back into one of my um, port portfolio. Yeah, it years. entirely depends on what the investment is. Yeah, but I think like as far as like portfolio weightings, um, this is something we talked about. Was it last week or the week before? Where uh, I think a lot of people get caught up with like diversification and. Oh, I need to put 10% into here and 15% into here and 20% into here and 5%, whatever. And I think in the beginning, you should probably be more focused on growing your wealth first. So I know it's boring. I know it's, you know, it's very slow moving and it's not exciting and there's not a rush. But I mean, I can't say it enough. Just put your money in VPI or a total market index fund or the S&P 500. And just build up a portfolio first and then worry about what stocks, what individual stocks you want to buy. If you want bonds, if you want real estate, if you want crypto, you know, it just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to be, I, I see a lot of, I see, I just saw a, port, a, a snapshot or a screenshot today and I'm not like singling this person. Out. I'm not going to say who it was, but I, they have like, 0.2 of, of this stock and 0 0.008 of this stock and 0.1 of this stock and like 1.5 of this stock. And it's just like, just, just stick with one thing. 
take all that money, condense it into, you know, you have eight or nine mediocre stocks. Some are good, some are mediocre, some are whatever, low, lower end. Just condense all of that into one great fund like VU or VTI and build your wealth up. And then once you get, like I said last week, I think once you get to like $10,000, a five-figure portfolio, then start worrying about diversifying and portfolio weighting. So that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying it's 100% right. That's just my opinion. But that's, you want to take advantage I would agree with you. Interest. I would agree yeah. with you, yeah. Just, just so people understand, Tony, that's exactly what you did when you started going, okay, I need to take my education more seriously. Like at the beginning, you were like most people probably diversified. Their, I had their... I had the same exact portfolio like uh, people <laughs> that we see where I had like 0.1 of this and 0.5 of this. And, and, you know, like just I had like 15, 20 different stocks. And some of them were just garbage stocks. And I'm like, and then after a while, it just got so frustrating trying to keep track of this. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just spreading my money all over the place. And then I, I learned from my 401k. I'm like, well, this is what my 401k is doing. And this is what's investing in my 401k. Why don't I just copy this? What am I doing? I don't need these. I don't need, I don't need five shares of Ford. I don't need, you know, I don't need, I think Ford was like one of the first ones I bought, you know? I don't need three shares of Ford and a half a share of this and eight, eight, an eighth of a share of this. And then now my, my portfolio that's outside of my retirement account is one I've been building for a couple of years and I'm at like 27,000 or something. And once I got, once I got that to about 10,000 is when I really started putting it into different things. I bought some Apple stock. I bought a thousand dollars, Apple, thousand dollars, Microsoft, thousand dollars, this. And then I started dollar cost averaging into them, but it just, it's just been so much less stress doing that. And, and it's honestly, the results are, I, I mean, I, I've shown part, you know, snapshots in my portfolio. It's even more now. I mean, everything I own is up at least 20%. And, and I have like Apple, Microsoft, 70%, 80%. I think Apple's up to like 90%. So everything is, is up. Even like, even I have an international fund that is, is up, you know, because I just been dollar cost averaging them for, for a while now. So, so just easy. I just want to let you know, April, we're not attacking you. We're not every, this is just your, it's, it's not an attack. You're learning, you're learning. And the first thing you want to do is you're like, you hear, you have to be diversified because that's what we've all been told. April. Yeah, it was April uh, Darby. It wasn't her. Uh, it wasn't her portfolio. Oh. I know it wasn't April that but I was talking about. We 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 always hear diversify, diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But when you're starting going into a company like VU, you're diversified, or not a company like VU. I mean, an ETF like VU, it's diverse already diversified because it has so many different companies in it. So you're you're already diversified. You're protected that way. Just put your money into a company that's diversified. Oh, uh, she's definitely joking. She is not. Oh yeah, yeah. she just said it. She was like, <laughs> it was a joke. That I saw. Thanks. That, I didn't see the comment, and I saw LOL. Like, yeah, no, no, we, we're not. We know you. Yeah, we were. No. It's not an you attack. Talk, I know you were kidding. You know, when you talk about AMC, people are attacked. When you oh, talk God. about what you know, strategy. People feel attacked. It's not attacking. It's just trying to explain. Uh, the experiences some- that we've had and I've gone through that meme stock crap and we, you know, we've all been there where we've lost money on stupid investments. So. Yeah. The, um, the, so yeah. So back to, back to waiting and I, and I see someone said, Dalt said on IG, if you're having fun investing, you're probably not making any money. That's true. Um, oh, I, I missed <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm never, I don't think I'm. I'm By the I'm, way, I'm yeah, offended think... that you're offended, April. How about that? <laughs> and I'm offended that Tony's <laughs> offended that April's offended that she felt attacked because I was. I I don't know. Someone's offended. I don't know what's going on. Let's go. But yeah, for your for your portfolio, you guys should have a lot of weight in in big market leaders. And I I mean market leaders. I mean leaders of the S and P 500 or or leaders of the Nasdaq 100 index, like. Um, more than oh my God, yeah. 50, more than 50% of my portfolio was held within um, Google, MasterCard, and Facebook. More than 50. Those are my biggest positions in my portfolio. Um, 
after those now, next biggest is DocuSign and then Compass Pathways and Teladoc Health. And Compass and Teladoc Health are two of the smallest. So, but again, if you, my portfolio is, is a little bit more volatile than the, than the index. Um, but Facebook, MasterCard, especially even before Facebook, MasterCard and Google carry a significant amount of, 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 of weight. So even if I have little blowups in significantly smaller positions in my portfolio, my overall portfolio doesn't move too much. And so that's the kind difference of, is you could handle that volatility. You've yeah. been doing this for a while and you understand what you're buying. That's yeah. the biggest difference. When you're new, you don't know what you're buying. You're buying things for name value and you don't understand the price, uh, the, the, the actual share price versus yeah. the value of the company. So yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. Like when I bought uh, DocuSign, I didn't expect that to fall 40% after earnings beat. That was a huge surprise. I was not expecting that. Um, Teladoc, I felt for a year, maybe I get killed. Um, Compass Pathways, I expected to get killed for one to, to two years. But I thought somewhere along the line, I'm going to make a whole lot of money out of nowhere. And I just don't know where that is. So I have to buy it now at, at this price. But yeah, I know getting in um, where I expect the stocks to travel and I have areas where okay i know that i'm going to lose a shitload here but one day and i just don't know when that one day is i'm going to make a lot of money and and so yeah you have to know that's a really good point you have to know going in and have your expectations going in um the the key to making a lot of money is to in the stock market is you need to save money first you know like and this is something that a lot of people they're investing five dollars into this stock five dollars into this stock five dollars in this stock here's my uh quick advice for everybody if you're making you know the average salary in the u.s is like i don't know maybe say sixty thousand seventy thousand whatever if you're making a thousand dollars a week you should be putting ten percent of that into your investments whether it's retirement or investments um if you take a hundred dollars a week and you put it into VTI or VU, that's $5,200 a year. That adds up really fast. And with the growth and compounding interest, if you just do that for a year and a half, you're probably already gonna hit your 10 grand. Now you're starting to build wealth. Now you're gonna be, you hit that five figure or you know portfolio and you're like, wow, now I actually have wealth here instead of having just a bunch of shares of 20 different companies. You have 500 companies you're invested in, you know? So I know it seems like a daunting task if you're starting out and it's like, oh, $10,000 seems like a crazy amount of money. It's really not. I mean, you could hit that in a year and a half, you know, pretty easily and by not sacrificing that much, 10% of your salary. So obviously if you're fortunate enough to make more, you can put more in. Um, luckily, uh, you know, I, I, do pretty well for work and making money on the side you come up with a side hustle if you you know if you can't afford that come up with a side hustle and do something that you enjoy doing and try to make some money from it you know provide value to people so a great a great thing is uh, our good friend lloyd ross the money millionaire mentor or the millionaire money mentor sorry messed up his title i apologize lloyd he's always giving our amazing uh, advice and his book talks about yeah. that too so uh check out his stuff money grows on trees and uh that will teach you how to start a side hustle and grow and i say it all the time Super read important. the richest man in babylon yep the oldest books about financing and it teaches you some valuable lessons i mean it's it came out in the 20s so it's been around forever but uh if you're new to investing read that book and that will give you the guidelines to what you need to save and how much you need to invest. And honestly, it'll change your perspective on money. So it's better to get smart by learning from people who've done it beforehand. Yeah. And you look even books. smarter to your friends. <laughs> I've read a lot of books. I know Dahl has read a lot of books about investing. And he's, you know, obviously he's cert- Series 7 certified and certified financial advisor. And uh, there's just a, lo- a lot of really, uh, you know, the intelligent investor, there's Warren Buffett's books out there. There's uh, rich dad, poor dad's a pretty good book, even though I don't fully agree with everything Robert Kiyosaki says, mm-hmm. he thinks uh, cash is trash and he, he's like all in on silver, you know, <laughs> and he's, he's gone a little wacky, but 
his that's why we have our new hold. uh new mentor lloyd coming in i agree 100 K- uh, kiyosaki is uh i don't know that's uh, crazy and i think it's for attention to be honest but uh i don't know i, I think his book is pretty good but he's mm. kind of strayed a little bit from it yeah he's so. he's trying to grow um he's out of touch now he, he's he's too rich of a dad he's super rich dad and he's out of touch <laughs> he's out of touch with poor dad when he wrote the book he was he was very in touch with poor dad now, now he's, he's no just, longer he doesn't yeah, know who he poor has dad no is. idea what it means his poor dad, dad is now rich dad and now he's uber rich yeah <laughs> he's next level he's teaching people more things um yeah oh we have another suggestion here uh give me a second here from nay garcia always giving you shout outs here on the show uh nay garcia is saying unshakable is a very good book um, okay yeah i never heard of that one i'll have to, have to check there. that out a great service is oh, audible by the guys Tony Robbins. Oh yes, Tony yeah. Robbins. Great. Uh, Audible is a great service to have because uh, you can listen to books. Like you get one free credit. It's like yeah, nine yeah. bucks or something yeah. a month. You get one free book. You listen to that while you're doing your walking. No, you get no the free shout outs to other. No free shout outs though. To Audible? <laughs> no, I'm putting an Audible oh, link. Audible starts giving us money for this. I'm gonna put no a fuck. I'm gonna put a referral link down below. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> okay all right there's enough right. like look you I have your refer- look the referral link is for me you have your course well, i didn't has- know you had a referral link i, changed, I don't have I a referral link. I, didn't, I didn't know i only had a link that. to my ig i was I'm saying that we don't want to give any free shout outs but i didn't know okay i was just joking audible is great yeah uh we do have a question here from uh b Rus leroy I'm um, not sure if that's your real name. Uh, apparently, it got deleted, but he wants to know what's the difference between ITOT versus VTI. Uh, I, I don't even know what ITOT is. Uh, it's internet, probably Internet of Things. No, iShares. <laughs> well, yes, it is the Internet of Things, but iShares core total US stock market. I think it's iShares version of VTI. Okay. Yeah, so it's just another brokerage accounts uh, version of the total stock market. Black I just like Vanguard because Vanguard has just been around for a long time, and they're just they have some of the lowest expense ratios, and they're just pr- very they're proven funds. Um, you know, Spy is obviously the the most proven SP five hundred fund, um, and Spy is great too. That's a, that's another one. I just prefer VO or VOL because the the expense ratio is three times cheaper. But um, still a great fund. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just stick with VTI. You have fractional shares. You know who cares what the price is? That's what's great about fractional shares. You don't need you can buy it over time. People see VOO and they're like four hundred dollars. I can't afford that. And I remember Phil, you've seen this. I, I put out a, a message about a year and a half ago in the group, or maybe about a year ago in the group, and I was. One of my messages was invest in, in VLO. It's right now it's $300 and people are like $300. And that's funny. Cause I, I've been putting that out lately and people are like, who's not $300. It's 420. And I'm like, Oh shit, look how much it's gone up. It's gone up $120 a share. And all you had to do was put $20 a week in there. You don't yeah. need to buy the full share. Uh, we have a question oh, from, from Mark. Uh, living in your uh, your backyard, there, Tony. He wants. Uh, wait, what does expense ratio mean for each share? Based on the share, real well, it's based on like your total value. I guess it could be the share if you only have one share, but um, bigger invested in. Yeah. So, say you have Boo in particular is a 0.03 percent expense ratio. So what that means is every $10,000 you have invested, you, you're going to pay $30 per year. So, I mean, that's negligible and way less than you would pay a market manager. Um, so, I mean, $30 a year for $10,000 invested. So if you had $20,000 invested, it would be $60 a year. Mm-hmm. So see where I'm going. Uh, but that fee is like built into the price. So you're not going to be like charged anything. You're not going to see a charge on your credit card or on your, in your brokerage for $30 or whatever. It's all built into the price of the ETF. So you won't even notice it. All 
Yeah. Uh, got a, another question here from Ana Garcia, another new member here. I know you guys love QQQ and VO a VOO. What ratio do you guys recommend? 50 50? I'll let Dalt take this one. I always say when I when I comment, I say um, buy an index fund like VU and or triple Q. Uh, you know, choose one or the other. Yeah, you could choose one or the other, or you could choose both. Um, if it was me, if you could handle volatility, I'd just go all triple Q because it's it's going to beat VU it any day of the week. Um, but if you cannot, if you're new to the market and you're just getting started in stocks. You know, you can do a 50-50 split or, you know, you can go 100% into VU if you're not okay with the volatility that Triple Q has. Triple Q is extremely volatile, way more volatile than VU. Um, it will not be a smooth a smooth ride. Um, you will have times in Triple Q when um, you're fluctuating all over the place. and But you got to think about the long, the long term. So that's the only thing. That's why I say and or um, because Triple Q will outperform vu probably over every five-year period but um if you can't handle the volatility can you even hold for that five-year period so uh, i think i think as you know you can go with 50 50 split sure uh, I, and then as you get to know the market more and you see yeah. triple q does and if you if you learn about it and you you, you understand that as long as you go long you're going to be fine and you know the the 20% declines that you might have in a year versus a 10% decline for vu you know as long as you know uh, what's going on in your dollar cost average i think you'll be fine yeah i i personally do own both of these and uh vu is my largest holding of anything i have and that is because the s p 500 is the most proven fund that you can invest in in the stock market i mean it's it's been around since 1920 uh and over that period of time, a hundred and I don't know if it's 1920, but it's the 1920s. I don't know the exact year, but over that period of time, hundred year period, it's gone up historically per year, 10% per year over a hundred year period. Now that doesn't mean every year it's at 10%. Some years it could be up 30%. Some years it could be down 30%. But on average, over those 100 years, it's averaged out to be 10% per year about that. So it's the, in my opinion, and I think most analysts and experts would say the SP 500 is the safest bet as far as stocks that you can invest in in the stock market. Um, QQQ is great. QQQ is very tech heavy. Um, and it tracks the NASDAQ, which is the second largest uh, stock exchange in the United States. So it's stocks listed on the NASDAQ. Um, the thing with QQQ is it should outperform VU and the SP 500. But if you look at the track, like the first 10 years of QQQ, it actually pretty much did nothing. And then there was a huge boom after that. Before the uh, internet. Before the internet. Yeah. Yeah, right. So the companies are all different. So, 90, 93 was when um, I think the NASDAQ 100 index was developed or sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you look at it and you're like, oh, um, well, the first 10 years were terrible. The, there wasn't internet for the first 10, 10 years that that index needs internet. So um, it's as time goes on and everything goes to internet, it, it should, it should like, I think the long run average of that index is 15% per year. It should get even higher than that, though, I think, because yeah, um, the last 10 years, it's over like 20 percent. Yeah. Year. So, it, I mean, it's been fantastic. But one thing that we should probably point out is, you know, past performance isn't going to tell you it, it's an idea of what you're going to get in the future. But that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So correct. that's why I think if you're someone that's risk averse or you get nervous with volatility, I mean, the S&P 500 is really the way to go or VTI, a total market index. Um, so the heavy weighting and the heavy portion of your portfolio should probably be in those, in my opinion. Yeah. And I live by that because that's what's in mine. So it's what I believe. And I, I think most people would say that. So, but Dahl is a, a different case because he's, you know, he's a certified financial advisor. He, 
he understands what he's buying. And most people, if you want to buy stocks, because you can get greater gains out of stocks, obviously, if you're buying individual stocks, um, what the weighting, what would you see the weighting is like 10% per stock for the average person? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I think I, I would say no, not for the average person. I'd say it's a lot higher than that. I think when people invest in individual stocks, it's like... Uh, uh, no, I'm saying if you wanted to be someone that's like diversified, Oh, I would... the, the recommended um, allocation per individual stock. I don't know what it would be, um, but what I what I preach is um, your monopolies are your diversi- diversification. So I get mine through Google. I know Google right, can yeah. be disturbed, so I make it carry a lot of weight. I know Google is going to beat Vu. It's going to beat Triple Q. And I know as long as I have the majority of my weight in there, it's going to follow the index and even outperform it. There's no competition there. MasterCard, I like too. Um, Facebook, I just pick, picked up. I wanted them for a while. I just picked them yeah. up. Yeah. So you own a bunch of, essentially own index funds, essentially. Like, you're, yeah. You're owning stocks, but these stocks own so many other companies. It's kind of like Berkshire Hathaway, where you're kind of invested in an index fund, <laughs> yeah. kind of indirectly. Yeah, like yeah, Google owns eight uh, percent of SpaceX, uh, probably ten percent of Planet Labs. Yeah, they own Waymo outright. Um, YouTube, Instagram. Waze. Oh, you're talking about YouTube or Google? Google I'm talking yeah. about Facebook. Yeah, Android. Um, but then yeah, Facebook yeah. has. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. That's WhatsApp. the way to go. If you're going to invest in individual stocks, that's the way to go. Yeah, so. yeah I realized. I realized um, this is just another thing to go back and like Peter Lynch says this a lot is like um, invest in things that you use every day, but be cautious about that. As you, as you said, you can't invest in everything you use every day. Um, I can't invest in my pillowcase com- company just cause I sleep on it or I can't invest in, in, a, in a pillow company, but, but things that uh, you, you, you typically spend a lot of time on. And for me, it's always been Facebook and Instagram and, I just, you know, I spent so much time on this and I can't get away from this. And this year I looked at my stats for the year and Instagram and Facebook, I spent record time on and I spent record money in terms of ads on the platform. So I was like, okay, you know what? I might as well buy this thing now um, because I'm only using yeah. it more and more. And, well, um, and those make a lot of sense because they're highly profitable companies. Oh my God. Facebook is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Right. So, um, all right. Let's, uh, up on the, let's go with the, uh, the uh, Fed announcement here. Yeah. You know, this is one that a lot of people don't really understand, like, what is going on with inflation and interest rates and the, the Fed. They just hear the buzzwords and, like, oh, interest rates are rising, oh, the, you know, the Feds are inflation, 6%. And I think it's uh, one of those things where a lot of people need it, like, broken down in simple terms. And there's, like, a couple things that affect inflation. There's really three things, and, and this is what you learn in economics: is you have like uh, demand pulls inflation, uh, cost pushes inflation, and then increased money supply actually is another factor for inflation. And with increased money supply, that, uh, supply that's where interest rates come in hand. So with like um, with demand, obviously when you have a limited supply and a large demand that's going to cause prices to go up. And a really good example of that was before the pandemic. Remember that musical um, Hamilton? Yes. Now the Hamilton, there was tickets, tickets were selling through third party exchanges like um, Ticketmaster and whatever for thousands of dollars. When this play first came out, it was like a hundred dollar ticket, but because it became so popular and people wanted to see it, uh, they had a limited supply. They're only doing the show once or twice a week. They only have a couple hundred or maybe a thousand seats at the show. So they can only uh, have so much inflow for the, to meet the demand. And that's a reason why prices skyrocket, right? So it's pretty basic stuff. And we're seeing that as with supply and demand with ships out at sea, you know, stuck at sea and we're waiting forever to get our, our supplies. And another one is, is cost, right? So when there's increase in supply and demand, and there is an increase in demand and the limited supply, that causes prices to skyrocket. And that's an example with like lumber. So when lumber skyrockets three, four, 
now that as everyone's building affects, small homes right now that affects houses now housing prices go way up and then because housing prices are way up now rent goes way up because people can't afford to buy houses they have to keep renting and the the renters know that so they increase prices so those are two of the main things and they, they call that um, like demand pull and then cost push and the other thing is um interest rates right and and creating money so when the more money you create the cheaper money becomes and when you have inflation interest rates need to be well the reason why we have inflation now is because we printed so much money and the supply issues but the the federal reserve lowers interest rates during um economic economic crises so when we had our pandemic people were panicking interest rates were lowered and the fed starts buying bonds right they start pumping the market with liquidity and they're giving these banks they're buying bonds from banks so banks have more money to loan out so now they're loaning out essentially free money because interest rates are at zero for so long and when you're when you have free money money isn't as valuable anymore anybody can go take out a loan to do anything in fact that now that was a great time to go start a business and do something if you needed money you wanted to refinance your loan refinance your house refinance your car i mean there's there never was a better time than last year and i think you still have some opportunity to do that if that's something that you want to do you should do that immediately before all of these interest rates start rising again so those are the three factors with inflation you have your demand you have your costs and then you have your increased money supply and one one aspect of that increased money supply is indirectly is interest rates so that's essentially what's going on. Hopefully that helps give people a little bit of understanding what this all means as far Fed, as interest Fed rates. Said three hikes next next year. He he went from we don't see ourselves doing any interest rate hikes in 2022 to doing three. Yeah, he wow. called it transitory. He was calling the inflation transitory inflation, meaning that oh, this is just normal. Things are going to go back down on their own. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to step in. But now, clearly, inflation keeps going up and up and up. And now they're they're getting very aggressive with with inflation. So they're like, all right, we can't let this get out of control. We need to increase interest rates. Yeah. Um, every hedge fund manager or every notable hedge fund manager on Wall Street has said that inf the inflation is not transitory. Um, I wrote an article yeah, where I just yeah. shared shared the video of Paul Tudor Jones from the from the summer talking about um, he didn't believe inflation was uh, transitory. He wanted to go all in on all the in inflation trades, and and he was he was right. And he he he, he nobody is. thought it was transitory. Yeah. The, the federal the it was Fed, the Fed did. <laughs> yeah, but I don't even think they believe that. I think that was just what they were saying to prevent people from panicking. But now it's gotten to the point where they can't do that anymore. They can't lie to people anymore. Um, and inflation is becoming such a big problem that they have to raise interest rates and they have to cut back on their bond purchasing and start selling off bonds, which clearly they just, they're gonna cut that in half of what they originally said they were gonna do, right? When they say it was half. I quickly read the article. I didn't, uh, I don't even know if it was all factual from what I read. You know how that is with news, yeah. you have to be careful. I read on Business Insider, which Business Insider is one of the the um, all right. news publications I don't fully trust because they pay. They'll anybody can write an article if you pay. I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen it all the time. Uh, you just but, have to look at. You just have to look at who it's who it's coming from. Because um, there are there are people who work for Business Insider, then there are people who are contractors who can yeah submit um, re reports to it. Um, so you just have to look at who it who it came from, and then if you click on the person's name, it'll say, "Oh, staff staff writer or uh, editor for the actual company." And some of them will just say, "Like um, contract writer for whatever separate company." They put out a, a a number for what they're expecting the hikes to be, or they just said three three increases. Uh, he said three. I don't know what the number is. I can assure you, 0.25 is not going to be enough. Um, no, no. Yeah, I would say maybe 0 0.25, 0 0.5, 0 0.5, or 0 0.5, 0 0.25, 0 0.25. You're going to have to have a point. If they really want to kill this off, they should just set it right at, at 
Let's go. Let's mortgage go. defaults. Bring it on. <laughs> mortgage defaults will be hitting hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I know I know some people here in Canada, some of my friends. I don't own a house. I still rent. Uh, but I had a few friends that actually broke um, their mortgage, and the penalties for breaking it to refinance at the lower rate was actually worth it. And those that didn't break are up for renewal in the next one to two to two years. So, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna people are gonna be getting burnt alive. Um, so I don't I don't think they can go that fast, but uh, we're gonna see what they do. I, I know they definitely have to go. One of them has to be a point a point five, and I think maybe it's, it's the uh, first one, and then they, they might be able to settle with two more point point two two fives. Because then it would end the year at one percent. Um. I do think a lot of this inflation, I know, I understand we printed a lot of money and interest rates and everything, yeah. but I do think a lot of this, like I, I talked about earlier, a lot of it is supply and demand, demand and cost. And mm-hmm. when you, you just can't, there's just so many people that were stuck at home ordering things, you yeah. know, and demand, they had a lot of money to do it. Demand, a lot didn't, of extra money. demand didn't fall off barely, but demand barely fell off. Wow. People just went home and then bought stuff online. Yeah. With the free money they were getting, that yeah. demand is is even higher than it was in the summer. <laughs> yeah. With you know, with uh, holidays and everything, so mm-hmm. it's true. Everything I've ordered online is taking a lot longer than it normally would. Even packages from Amazon are taking multiple days when you used to be able yeah. to get them the next day. So, um, and that will that will eventually dissipate, but I think that's going to dissipate when everything opens up again. And a lot of that problem is jobs. Companies can't hire anybody right now. I mean, my cool. company has been trying to hire people for a year now. I, you drive up and down the street in Connecticut, a lot of spots, there's now hiring signs everywhere. McDonald's is giving gift cards for people just to apply. I mean, it, it's crazy. I've been reading a lot on the Wall Street Journal, too, that it's record people leaving, like record quitting. Um, people like yeah, everybody's leaving their everybody's leaving their jobs to go start, start, start their own. Um, 70% of that though was people 55 and older. I think it's older okay. people that are like, screw this. I'm going into early retirement. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. I saw the stat was like 70%. There is a misconception that I saw some articles like, uh, people are leaving cause they're making so much money in crypto. They're quitting their job. Oh, no, no, that's, no. that's such a small percentage of people. It's not even a half a percent of people. Yeah. For this, sure. this is kind of amazing. Uh, Stacy just mentioned here. It's going to show up on the screen soon. So many companies have signing bonuses now. A thousand dollars just to say thirty days. Just yeah. imagine. Yeah, she's right. Just imagine I, yeah, you go. Five hundred dollars if you last. Uh, you know months. why? The Fed. The Fed bought their bonds and gave them three hundred million dollars. So now they can afford to give every new hire a thousand dollars. That's how it Jesus. works. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap up here. Um, Tony, where can they find you? Yeah, Stock Bros Podcast. You can find me on here. I actually put out a new episode um, this week or this past Saturday. Um, and we're doing – so the other, I, one last announcement is this week is actually the one-year uh, anniversary of our first episode that we did. So of this show? Uh, no, of my of Stock podcast. Bros. Although okay. we've been doing this for a while too. We'll have to go look. I don't know when we started. It's at least what seven months, eight months. Yeah, I have to go back into things. I have the notes. Yeah. So for our one year, we should do something cool. We'll have to talk about that later. But um, yeah. yeah, so we're gonna do a one year special where I think we're gonna get Lloyd on, my brother, um, maybe you guys, maybe we could do a bunch of people and do something cool. So nice. Yeah. There we go. And Delta, what's what? Where, where where can we find you? Where can we learn more about you? Everybody always knows where they can find me. And so I'll just touch on a piece that we missed a little bit, which is okay. when to dollar cost average. When's a good time? As long as you're in index funds and by index funds, I time. mean S&P 500, like VU, SPY, or NASDAQ 100, like Triple Q, it is always a good time uh, to buy. Uh, That's a great point. Buy, That's a great buy point. when it's low. It doesn't matter. And as long as you're in Google, Facebook, Apple and I'll go Amazon. I'm not going to go with Netflix. Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. here, yes. I'm not going to go with net with Netflix, but Microsoft, Google, um, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. As long as you're in those names, it is always a good time to buy because they're all market share leaders, and most of them are monopolies. So it will always be a good time to buy. There we go. And ladies and gentlemen, you, if, if you own those, right? 
yeah, just on the stock market. Uh, guys, I am, of course, Phil Better, the podcast mogul. If you want to learn how to start your podcast, grow your podcast, monetize your podcast, make sure you check me out on Instagram at podcasterphilbetter. I thank you all for listening, watching, and just being fabulous people. And By have- the way, Phil can make you an awesome intro for your podcast, so hit him up. Hey. I'll, I'll gladly help you out there. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.